Amen. Have you ever sat on the train and wondered whether the person by you is okay? Yeah. Uh, just to make sure. Yeah. You know, there are some people who are really good at smiling. Do you know that? Yeah, there are some people, they are very, 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 very good. Like Eunice, they can just smile for no apparent reason. And there are some of us, we suffer to smile. We, our smiling comes from a far place. So by the time it arrives on our face, it has gone through <laughs> a couple of places. Hallelujah. But I believe that the Holy Spirit should make us be able to smile. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the more eternal and internal joy you have. Amen. And that must reflect on your face. Amen. Did I say amen? Why? Hey, 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 Francis, why? Why? Don't come in. We haven't even started service. Don't bring that at all. I was just uh, communicating with my fellow member. We all have our clubs we belong to in our community. Yeah. You know, the Bible describes something as the suffering, do you understand? Fellowship of sufferings. Yeah, so there are fellowships. Why are you following? Yeah, yeah. So we have different groups. And there's a particular group that Tina and I, we belong to. Do you understand? Yeah. And the Bible says, iron sharpened iron. So that's a sister, the countenance. <laughs> so, you know, some of the messages are specific to her. Amen. And to me. Hallelujah. And then... Um, on that note, we continue to talk about, <laughs> okay, Seth says we continue to talk about amen. <laughs> what else do we continue to talk about? Why can't we say, thank you, Uncle Fred. Yeah, what do we continue to talk about? Yeah, don't be afraid of the word. Because you see, the more we analyze it, the more we'll go far away from it. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Davina is saying that. Why did I come here today again? I mean, what was my reason? Yeah, 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 yeah. The more we analyze it, the more we look at it, the more we separate ourselves from it. Amen. And the easier it becomes to identify it. Amen. And for me, I think that that's my most important thing because, listen, when you identify your own foolishness, it's a great blessing. Yeah, because it's easy to see somebody else's foolishness. It's very easy. Oh, even when we see, we are able to identify trace of foolishness in somebody. But our own is a struggle. So the more we learn, the more we will know, and the more we will drive it away. Amen. Because at a certain age, you know, and even legal laws in this land, you can't use the rod to drive away foolishness. <laughs> the Bible gives us that the rod of correction drives away foolishness, isn't it? Yeah. So the rod of his word will also drive away foolishness. Amen. So last week, we started having a look at uh, different types of foolishness, isn't it? And <laughs> Can you be, yes, be good girls and boys today? Okay, so that's, we can't, yeah. So we looked at uh, naivety, isn't it? 
that naivety is nice and endearing in a child. Do you understand? But very dangerous in an adult. And we said naive foolishness is when you have unsophisticated what? Thinking. Isn't it? And then when you have, we're just having a recap, when you have indiscriminate thinking, your thoughts just arrive and they just go, you know? And also, when you don't have a conviction about anything. So when somebody says something that sounds stronger, then that is what you take. So whoever can impress upon you more helps you make your decisions. Isn't it? Another sign of naivety is also the fact that you accept all answers. You have questions, and anybody who can give an answer, you take it. And I think one of the main cardinal things was the cause and effect, isn't it? When you're naive, you don't realize that every cause has an effect. Every action creates a reaction. Amen. Yeah, when you're not ready for the reaction, don't take the action. Amen. Yeah, life is full of it. You know, today I was in the shop with Phoebe, and we have gone to buy our fresh chicken. And the person at the till said, today there is going to be a lot of chicken eaten in your house. So I had to also give him a chicken answer. Amen. If you are not ready for the reaction, don't create the action. Isn't it? Yeah. So as he created the action, I had to give him, oh, a godly reaction. Don't worry. Don't panic. Eh? Your pastor behaves well at all times. In fact, my best behavior is always out of church. <laughs> so don't, don't be nervous at all. I mean, I will not. I mean, oh, no. How? Not possible. Can't be possible. But today I wanted us to look at another level because we are graduating gradually. I wanted us to look at stubborn foolishness. Amen, Francis. Stubborn foolishness. You know, the Bible mentions it about 22 times. That particular kind of foolishness. And um, I wanted us to, we're going to read like one or two scriptures, but I wanted to put something in context. So I had to write a paragraph to quantify and make, the, make my points clear. Isn't it? When you go to the law court, every lawyer will state their case and summarize, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I and sometimes you have to put things in context also. Do, do, do you understand? So I wanted to put it in context, then we can go in the right route and not, you know, because stubborn foolishness is the ugly side of perseverance. <laughs> because you know that, especially if you're in a church like this, we really encourage you to persevere and to move and to go. Do you understand? But there's another side of it. So I have described it. It is the deceptive notion that I am fully convinced, I am standing firm, I am very decisive, I'm very passionate, which are all very admirable qualities in a person. Do you understand? Yeah, you want that a good leader must be decisive, must have conviction, must be passionate about what they are doing, 
But then all these good things can turn into foolishness, depending on how they are applied. On that note, can we read Proverbs chapter 12? How many of us are liking this book of Proverbs that we have gone into? Everybody must read the book of Proverbs. Yeah, this year it was one of the books that I really spent time in. I like it. Because, you see, me, when I'm reading the Bible, I never think about anybody else but me. Stop reading the Bible and trying to find people inside. Hey, this one looks like my mother. Ah, this one it looks like that work colleague who is so bad. Ah, this, no, 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 no. Oh, when you read the scripture, find yourself in there. You understand? You might either be in the good side of the verse or the bad side of the verse. But you must find yourself. Read it through you. Not through anybody else. Do you understand? You find husbands who read the scripture through their wives, and you find wives who read the scripture. Yeah, yeah. Have you read Ephesians chapter 5? You see, when you read from verse 27, they've skipped their 25 verses because when they see submit yourself to others, it's not a good. So they've come down to where. <laughs> love, your, love, your, love your wife. Didn't you read it? So then they'll be meditating on that one. No. But you can see that your own too is inside there. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So always read scripture through you. Do you understand? Otherwise, the Bible will never be of benefit to you. Do you understand? Yeah. Sometimes it will teach you that what you are doing, keep doing. Or do more. Because what you are doing is really good. Sometimes it will teach you that what you are doing is what? Foolishness. Then you have to stop. Sometimes it will tell you that what you are doing is good, but don't do too much of it. Hmm? Yeah, like talking. Because in the multitude of words. Proverbs 12, verse 16. I'm going to read from the Message Bible. Because we are trying to understand the scripture, isn't it? Fools have short fuses and explode all too quickly. The prudent quietly shrugs off insults. Amen. So what is the Bible saying? That if your fuse is very short and if you easily explode, the least thing, you're angry. The least thing, you get upset. Yeah. Some of us, even the bus driver who has done nothing wrong apart from driving the bus and getting stuck in traffic, that he can't do anything about. When he arrives at the stop that you are supposed to get on, you are fuming and ready to tell him off. And do you know that when you are even at a bus stop and there's somebody also at the stop, but stop, a bus stop who is irritated, it affects you. You were okay standing there and the bus was running late till somebody else came who was really agitated. You know, it's been 10 minutes since the bus. Before you realize, you two, the anointing has come upon you. And in saying that, one of the signs of stubborn foolishness is that you explode all too quickly. And your fuse is short. Do you know what a short fuse is? You get electrocuted very quickly. And you see, such people, you don't get friends around you. 
People stay away from you. People stay away from you because a joke is not a joke to you. But do you know that the people who like to crack jokes the most, they can't handle joke. The people who like teasing, they can't handle teasing. When you tease them, they can cry. <laughs> but they like to tease. Yeah. You see, and, and it's, it's one of those things that needs to be tested. Oh, as for me, I don't have a short fuse. You'll be tested. You don't need to say you don't have a short fuse. Yeah. The people you love will test you. The place you work, they will test you. Yeah. All of us have worked or have worked with people who have very short fuses, who easily explode. Who took my sheet from the printer? Really? And they're moody for the rest of the day. I used to have a lady in an old office that I used to work in. Then a few years later, I went to work in a different office. And then her name came up. And the description was the same description. <laughs> as, and this was a place she had worked maybe like 10 years before. And it was like 10 years later, she's still the same. Yeah. You know, sometimes she would take uh, her days off are normally when there's golf tournaments. When there's an open, something opens, you know she's going to be sick because she, she's a golfer. She has to watch it. And she knows that everybody knows. And all, most of her sickness, other than the golf seasons, is always falls on a Monday. Oh, the only time she falls ill that she can't come to work is on a Monday. So you know that she has been drunk on the Sunday. Or the, you know. And so when she comes to work, she comes angry. <laughs> Waiting to see who is going to, you know, ask her, you know. Even when you genuinely say, oh, are you feeling better now? She takes it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> Proverbs 27, verse 22, the Bible says, pound on a fool all you like. You can't pound out foolishness. We're talking about stubborn foolishness. You understand? You, you can't. Listen, that behavior is not good. That, 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 you can pound it all you like. It ain't going nowhere. You can't pound out the foolishness. So the kind of foolishness that is not easy to pound out. Why are you laughing? <laughs> the kind of foolishness that you can't pound out, that's what I'm describing as stubborn foolishness. Yeah. This person you say you want to marry is not right. We've held family meeting. We've called Reverend Chris to talk to you. We have done this. Say this guy. We have brought even examples. We brought all his past girlfriends. We have brought his past girlfriends, boyfriends. In fact, we brought pictures of the last two with their black eye and their broken teeth. We showed all to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's why sometimes the, the Bible also sometimes explains to us that you shouldn't try and give wisdom to a fool or advice yeah you 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 
try and try and try. You hit a brick wall. You hit a brick wall. Stop thinking about somebody right now. Think about yourself. <laughs> so how would you know if you are exhibiting this kind of foolishness? How would you know that this one, the first thing, does not listen to reason, does not listen to reason. A child does it, an adult does it. See, when you're a young person, they say, listen, finish school, then you marry. It's a very simple thing. Save your money. Listen. I'll give you a good example. Kiran, make sure that your chest is always covered so that you don't catch a cold and start sneezing. Simple. Isn't it simple? Oh. Mommy, you don't understand how hot my room is. It's really hot in my room. Then he come walking bare-chested. Because he also wants his father to see his six-pack that his father has lost his own, that he has discovered his own. Then his father will have to explain to him that, listen, once upon a time, mine was finally defined. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Because, you see, the reason why I know that it's not because he's feeling old, because sometimes he's not just walking, but it's how he's walking. So, so you know that it's not just about, the, it's not the heat. And then, and then he will, he will come into the, my bedroom and then he will be standing like this. He can stand anywhere, but he intentionally stands here because the mirror is in front of him. <laughs> then two or three days later, I tell her, <laughs> Mommy, where's my inhaler? Where's your inhaler? It's in your chest. <laughs> Listen, some of us, we are late to work every day. And advice has been given you. Set an alarm. Iron your clothes the day before. There is that, that. I mean, just simple, reasonable things to do. And you know the people who are really stubborn, they're also the most polite. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you for the advice. Really appreciate it. <laughs> when they are leaving, they drop in the bin. <laughs> Another sign is that they reject authority. They reject authority. Listen, as for me, I have my own mind. I know what I'm doing. You see? Even your, your inability to come under authority 
minimizes your ability to grow. That's why when the man came to Jesus, he said, listen, me, I'm a man under authority. And because I'm a man under authority, I have authority. And you realize that anybody who has some form of authority over them has safety. That is why sometimes some of these Beijing conference uh, uh, syndromes, we have to limit it. Because sometimes that is what is used to destroy us. Uh, listen, uh, we are all equal. Yeah, listen, uh, me too, I have four degrees. You too, I have four degrees. Hey, let's, those kind of things that our parents used to do, you can't bring it into the marriage today. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I may not look like a man, but I have man strength, you see. <laughs> you are creating problems for, for yourself because God knows that everybody needs a covering of some sort and one of the things that will make you destroy yourself is to remove that covering that includes your husband have you seen children who rebel against their parents? They just go and suffer. It doesn't matter even how foolish your parents may be. Rebelling against your parents exposes you to a lot of danger. And that is why we are describing it as foolishness. Very serious preaching. We have to. You see, because sometimes intellectualism will make us negate the wisdom of the word of God. But the wisdom of the word of God is higher than any man-made intelligence. And it's only time that always proves it. Because sometimes, yes, in the end, you might eventually do well or whatever. But you will see the struggle. Haven't you realized that even when we watch some of these X Factor and things and the people who finally win or go far and then they share their story, they were homeless, they were this, they were this. You go back and you realize that, no, at some point they rebelled against authority. And it applies in every area. You find strongly backsliding Christians, you see that they rejected authority. Yeah, nobody can talk about my this thing. Yeah, if I want to sleep with anybody, I'll sleep with them. If I want to do anything, I want to do it. If I do anything. You see, you're about to fall into the ditch. The Bible says that in the multitude of counsel, there's what? Safety. The Bible says that by virtue of counsel, what do we do? We wage war. We want to fight a good fight. We need somebody to be able to say and one of the things that corrects that kind of foolishness is from that authority is the fact that somebody can say, listen, sit down. Stop it. Don't do that. You see, the earthly wisdom too will say, hey, no, but give me an explanation. Remember the four things we talked about, uh, 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 the ugly side of perseverance. Yeah, I understand. I know I have my I'm this. This is what I'm determined to do. See, it's true. It's true. But as Reverend will always say, could it be that you are wrong? Is there any chance 
that the thing you are so strong on, could it be? And that is why, yes, you must always determine the authority you are under. I mean, apart from your parents, every other authority we choose, in a sense. Do you understand? So you must, but when you choose that authority, then you must be ready to submit to that authority. That is why, sister, say amen. When you are choosing, don't just look at the six pack. See whether this person, see whether the person you can submit to them. You, you can go under their authority. Would you be able to take instruction? Because some of the people are foolish, really. It's not easy to take instruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you see the choices, you see the choices they are making in their life. You know that, honestly, they earn 200 pounds a week and they spend 180 on trainers. Immediately, she tell you that if you marry this person and you have to submit to their authority, you'll be broke all day. Hunger shall come into your household. And that is one of the main things you look out for, even in your choice of a spouse, is that can I submit to this person? Yeah, because you can't go in and become a stubborn wife. You watch, you ask simple questions. Yeah, say that. So if we only have 100 pounds, what would you use it for? Those kind of questions, they are good questions to ask. Yeah, I say. <laughs> yeah. So, so one day if we are stranded and all we are left with is 100 pounds, what will you do with it? By virtue of the response, it will give you a fair idea. <laughs> and double the money. <laughs> we'll use half for lottery tickets and the other half. <laughs> yeah. Or the spiritual brother will say, listen, the best way to do is that we should spend it and trust God. <laughs> You know, ungodly people rebel against authority. Very spiritual people also rebel against authority. Yeah, and sometimes even children will become a bit more spiritual than their parents. So maybe the parents will give advice. You say, "Oh, the Lord spoke to me." Or you are going to tell the person, "Listen, I think you should be doing this." So I'm waiting on the Lord. You see those kind of things. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting to hear from the Lord. The Lord spoke when he put his Bible together long ago. What are you waiting? My daughter, my daughter. My son, my son. Where thou goest? <laughs> A lot of the time, that is actually just an excuse not to do. Or just to disobey. I'm waiting on the Lord. The next time somebody tells you I'm waiting on the Lord, tell the person you have waited enough. But you see, it's an expression we use. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. Tell me, what are you waiting? So when you sit in your room, what are you waiting? That smoke will come out of your bed or air will flow. You, you see how we misuse uh, Lord? The angel will appear. You will run away if the angel appears. <laughs> yeah, you see, we read some of the things in scripture, get excited about it. You, if you're in your bedroom, and maybe you're on your knees, and you have fasted and prayed all day, then a hand appears in your 
told them, what do you mean by you are waiting on the Lord? What do you want to see? Yeah. Yeah. The mighty hand of God <laughs> has come into your room. <laughs> You'll be so afraid. You'll be calling Reverend. <laughs> you can even easily be saying, demons are chasing me. People even fail exams because of that. Because whether you like it or not, your lecture is ahead of you. Your liking him or not liking him is very irrelevant. Because if you don't do what he's saying you should do, you will fail. You can take all the attitude, you can be a stroppy, you can walk out of the lecture, you can say, I'll come lecture again. Take, when you see him, you eye him, you will fail. Oh, you will totally, excellently fail. I'm preaching. No. You see? But the godly wisdom is the one that will help you understand that, listen, for this season, this is the authority. Yeah. This one year, this three years, I'm under him. Because he may be an idiot, and you may be right. Because you see his idiotic moves every day. <laughs> yeah, because there are some lecturers here and they have personal home problems. They have personal. So you even see that as you even put a draft of your work and the way he has circled it, you see that it's coming from a far place. It's not even you. You know, I say this thing all the time. No. You have a job. You're frustrated with the job. You don't just get up and walk out. To where? Because next week your rent will be due. <laughs> you, you can, if you like, call the rent office and say, listen, I walked out of my job. But we are talking about that stubborn foolishness. You haven't looked for another job. Neither do you have enough savings even to cover you for one week. And, so, and then you have taken your bag and walked out. Who is going to suffer? <laughs> Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from. Authority is authority. And that's why when the Bible says that we should pray for those who have authority over us, you understand? Yeah. That they're taking care of us, it won't be grievous to them. And when it talks about, it says that pray for the kings, the rulers, the this, the this. It's not just your spiritual leaders. Or Listen, eight different areas of your, your lives have different authority. Whether we like it or not, Margaret, uh, what May is our prime minister. She is for the next few hours. We don't know. <laughs> By the time we finish service, we'll know whether she's still there. Yeah. Oh, 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 she's gone. You say she's gone? No. They haven't voted yet. They'll vote tonight. They're counting. Eh. At, at some point tonight, she'll she, she know. But until then, eh, she's, still, she's still there, our prime minister. 
if you are speeding or if you are there and the, the policeman, you know, siren goes and says, stop. You see, stop on foolishness to say whatever. And then you drive off. And then you go to jail. It's, it's very simple. The next sign of this kind of pollution is that it's unrestrained. It's unrestrained. It's unrestrained. It's unrestrained. No control inside or outside. It's unrestrained. It's a loose atom. It's a loose atom. It's a loose atom. It's a loose atom. You see that in, in every community, whether it's, it's a, a family, whether it's a university, whatever, you always find people who are always in the midst of issues. Yeah, they're always part. If, there, if there's drama anywhere, you see that they're somewhere. <clears throat> if they have to fight, they'll fight right now. You know what, uh, some of these kind of, these podcasts and things that goes far now, sometimes I, I forget that it goes far. But you know, I, I come from a family, my, my, my father's side, my father's sisters, you know, there are 40, however many of them, brothers and sisters. They have the ability to fight in the middle of the streets, in the city center, with ease. Yeah. And you know, they used to have... Um, Shops along a street in the main city, Naka, and they used to have shops. So this one shop is this door, this one shop. And then, so this one is angry about something, and this one is angry about something. And you think they are talking about it, and you think they are talking about You blink, you see that they are removing people's clothes on the main street then, and they are fighting. And they get great joy. <coughs> yes, and they fight as a group. Then when they finish, they will declare with their, with their name, you know, like their family name. If you don't fear us, come again. Because they, they have no shame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then they, they, they had expressions. They said, they would say things like, we are beautiful and strong. Oh, don't interpret that in any other way but that. So Proverbs 27 gives us a verse in verse 3. We're still using the message Bible. It says that carrying a log across your shoulders while you are hefting a boulder with your arms is nothing. It's easy compared to the burden of putting up with a fool. Carrying a log across your shoulder. I mean, that complicated is easier than putting up with a fool. And, and for me, my issue is with the fools that we have a choice in. Do you understand? Why we choose a fool? There are some that, okay, you might have a sibling who's a fool. I mean, that you can't do anything about it. That's, <laughs> you can't do anything about it. <laughs> but the one that you go and choose... Because already, look at the whole thing. It's a complicated thing. So why do you have to put up with one? And why should you become one? 
Because then it means somebody has to put up with you. Some of these verses, you have to try and remember them. You have to picture them. I wish we had brought a log and we would have. I can use this one. This one is not too heavy. Eh? Do you know what a timber, timber? <laughs> so that brings us to the fourth one. Stubborn foolishness is often looking for a fight. It's often looking for a fight. See, when somebody's really, I remember when we were young, people used to have expressions like, as for me, that's my nature. As for me, I don't tolerate nonsense. You see, those things are actually signs of stubborn foolishness. Hey, as for me, if you talk, I'll talk. If you say one, I'll say ten. But the Bible tells us something. It said that sometimes when you are quiet and you are even a fool, nobody will know. So you have opened your mouth. Haven't you? I, I told you that Sunday. Sometimes when you start giving a girl raps or a boy starts giving raps, you may have admired the guy, how he dresses, how he's always combed his hair, he's always looking, speak and span, till he opens his mouth. He starts talking like, hey. <laughs> and you see, you, 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 you must, because we, we, you have to be conscious of some of these things so that your environment is not always filled with contention. Do you understand? Because somebody who's always looking for a fight will create some. Why are you late? Why are you this? Why didn't you? Where is dinner ready? When are we eating? Get <laughs> it is easier to carry this than to put up with a fool. Yeah. Always looking to create a fight. Always. Always. Why did you look at me that way? Excuse me, what did you mean by that? Haven't you, I, I, I've seen a couple in the supermarket. Yeah. Sometimes you, you, are, you are shopping or something, and then maybe mistakenly your trolley touches somebody. When they tend to look at you, you see, the, you see that look. Yeah. Isn't sorry enough? Sorry is enough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because it's a trolley. It can move. And it's come near you. And you get a Sorry. And the sorry is not enough. Yeah. And a lot of drivers suffer from this thing. Sometimes I feel like they wish they could get out of their car and come and fight. Cost them. As for me, I always say that the person has just not had their quiet time. Because if they had had some time with God, you know, they won't, they won't be having then they'll speed and come near you. What are you going to do? Yeah, give you a look. Hey, you give me the logo. It is not a good thing to always be looking for a fight. 
when you do that, your wife doesn't want to come home. Your husband doesn't want to come home. When he comes home, he will go and get as tired as he can. Or she'll get as tired. So, I want <laughs> so as soon as he or she gets home, straight to bed. By the time you are trying to fight. <laughs> so all I'm telling you is that that is also a sign of foolishness. Yeah, but it's a higher degree. Stubborn foolishness. And you see, it's something that you can start from a young age. So you can see it in children. Yeah. You can see it in children, those who create fights. See you at three o'clock. Beat me at the playground. And, and, and you see, they start with small things to trip you to fall. <laughs> I think that me, if I wasn't saved, I would have become like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you see, sometimes you don't realize that now you actually enjoy seeing people miserable. <laughs> That's a sense of that. The next one. Oh, our time is almost up. The next one does not easily change. Or accept correction in spite of good reasons does not easily change or accept correction in spite of good reason. Does not easily change or accept correction in spite of good reasons. Proverbs 15 verse 5. Moral dropouts, so we don't only have school dropouts, we also have moral dropouts, won't listen to their elders. Welcoming correction is actually a mark of good sense. Welcoming correction is actually, Proverbs 15.5, moral dropouts won't listen to their elders. Welcoming correction is a mark of good sense. It's a mark. It's a sign. This one. This one. And you know that that is also something that is developed in the heart. Some people embrace cor correction. Some people go after it and ask, is this right? Do you understand? And you see that as you get wiser and as you get more, it's something that you crave for to be able to check and say, is this, do you understand? Is this? You see, when you write a report and somebody reads over, it's different from when you write a report and just send. Because there are some mistakes you can't see. You can read the thing like 10 times because you wrote it, you can't see. Yeah. Another pair of eyes will look at the same thing and say, hey, look at that. And that is, if we can do that with a report, how much more our life? That is why we seek it. Yeah. Ask, I want to marry this person. 
and can look at the person. Say, have you checked? We see, we see. Because maybe you can't see. And after all, I read somewhere, they say love is blind. <laughs> if love is blind, then you have to find the person who is not loving that thing to be able to see. <laughs> no, when you see, don't come in. Number six, difficult to move, difficult to remove, difficult to cure. Difficult to move, to remove, to cure. So you get a sense of stubbornness that it's just something that doesn't shift. It, it doesn't shift. And that's where you get parents get so frustrated. It's like I've talked, I can't talk again. I don't know what to say. I'm, 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 I've, I've given it my best. And any marriage that one party has that, the marriage can survive. Because in the marriage, sometimes you have to shift. Sometimes you have to move a bit. Sometimes you have to. But if you are bending and yielding and shifting and this, and you can survive. It will not happen. No, 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 no. In fact, I think that the people who are like that probably have the most miserable lives. Yes, I used to have an in-law. He literally irons everything. Everything that he, his hands must touch has to be ironed. And if he sees a crease on the iron thing, it has to be ironed. I said, so when do you relax? I said, I reminded you, I said, you know that when you sit down, it's going to crease. Mm. So it just makes you un unhappy. If you don't shift, you can't move, you can't do it. It's like, what, you know that we have a, 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 an expression that this uh, cough is stubborn. Why do we describe that? Because the cough is not going. It's not shifting. Yeah. So when you are being described as a stubborn person, it means that you are not shifting. You are not changing. It's not moving. There's no improvement. There's no improvement. Yeah. You know, your husband came to give the first report that he's leaving you. We begged. We said, we'll give another year. At the end of the year, he comes. He says, no improvement. No movement. She still doesn't bath and she still doesn't pray. You people, you don't know the things that people suffer with. Hmm. 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 And, and the thing is that you, you would expect that if we have the word of God and we are saying that every day at least we read a bit of the word of God, Things must be shifting. Things have to move around. We must have a better perspective. Our mind must move a bit. It's like the way your mind was 30 years ago. Same mind. Yeah. Even when, when, as you grow, even when you have been married for two years, the way you see your marriage, by 10 years, it must change. Yeah. 
you've been 10 years in marriage and still you are always saying, I, I, me. This is my house. This is my car. This is my this. This is, this is mine. This is my money. <laughs> As for this money, it is my money. It is my money. I, we can share everything, but not my money. <laughs> you to go and work for your own. <laughs> yeah. The person has been unemployed before you met him. When you met him, he was unemployed. When you married, he was unemployed. At what point in particular do you think that he'll become employed? should realize that this thing is incurable. It ain't moving. That is why when you are married, because when you are married, you can't do anything. You can just use prayer. We are praying with you. Yeah. Before you are married, you can do a whole lot. You can just say good afternoon. It was nice meeting you. God bless you. I love you, but I got to leave you. But when you are married, Hey, where are you going? There is no scripture that you can use to support your living. <laughs> because the Bible insults husbands who don't look after their wives. But the, the Bible does not give any permission for divorce for a lazy husband. There's no scripture. Full endurance. And perseverance. Yeah, it is well, it is well. By and by. Mm, 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 mm. And you know, such a person too, because they are, have adjusted to that lifestyle, they can live peacefully. There's no food in the house. Oh, there's no food in the house. They'll drink water, they'll go and sleep. And they'll sleep peacefully. But you are not used to it. Drink more of the water. <laughs> but you can't leave. You have to stay. Let me give you a last one. There we go. Illogical, irrational, and unreasonable behavior. It doesn't make sense. Illogical, irrational. There's no rationale behind the decisions they are even taking. And unreasonable. And unreasonable. And, and this one takes us even to the other extreme. Yeah. Yes, yeah, for me, the girl I, I'll marry, you know, she has to be five foot three point two, five point three two one. Yes, her waist must be exactly twenty six. Her hips forty one. Plus or minus point five. <laughs> she has to have a sharp. She has to have a sharp nose, and her ears must be wide. You see that the chances are reducing. Yeah. He asked for me, any man who wants to marry me, he better have a house, a car, and a de- and a- and a- and that. Hey. <laughs> no, you see, sometimes our demands are unreasonable. Our demands are unreasonable. Hey, no. I want to know where he lives and I'm there. 
So who should prepare for you to come and take? Ah, who should do the hard work? The only prayer you can be praying is that Lord kill his wife. Because otherwise, what are you going to do? He asked for me, I need a mixed race person who has a death, who has a this, who has a death, is a this, yeah, no, and then the, the. No, some of our some of our, our thought patterns has to change. You understand? Some of the things that we are so strong on has to change. He asked for me, if I don't get a job with KPMG, I'm not working anywhere else. So you'll be unemployed. <laughs> That's why I always ask that question. I said. The one that you are calling your type, are you your type's type? Analyze. Sometimes you have to relax a bit. Sometimes you have to give in a little bit. Do you understand? Sometimes you have to accommodate a bit of foolishness from somebody else. It's not every time that people have to accommodate foolishness from you. Sometimes you do have to accommodate. Yeah. Sometimes you have to minimize your standard. Bring it down small. Because your standard, they are trying to jump. They are not reaching it. Yeah. Hey. As for me, if the person doesn't have a PhD, he shouldn't even come and talk to me. But you realize that we don't use PhD for marriage. <laughs> is Tina being stubborn or is Francis who's being stubborn? Yeah, sometimes you have to tear that list up. Ah, how many of you go shopping and realize that the money you have and the list you have, they don't match? You have your shopping list. But you 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 over exaggerated the capacity of the money. Sometimes you just have to it will make you have a happier life. It will make you listen. You realize that the amount of money in your pocket will not buy the Nike but it will surely cover When you no, when you go into sports director, hey, when no, you can get Adidas. But when you go into sports director, they have all manner of trainers. All manner. Oh, <laughs> you think no name? It has name. It's just that you don't know the name. The, the name is unknown, but it's a name nevertheless. Yeah, I I saw one. They had put a Q on. 
But I said, the Q, what does it stand for? We know what N stands for. <laughs> but what does the Q stand for? Quinta. <laughs> Let's rise up onto our feet of that. 